Blog Talk Radio. Keep It Magic is brought to you by CoventryCreations.com.
is. You're listening to Keep It Magic. I'm Storm Sestavani. It is July the 17th, and it is currently 4.05 in the afternoon here on the East Coast. Um, Jackie is uh, on remote uh, today in Massachusetts. Uh, she's doing a lot of stuff there, which I'm sure she will talk about. Um, but she's on remote, so we uh, I don't have her in the chat room with me, so you all will have to um, kind of uh, forgive me for that. Uh, visit our sponsor at www.coventrycreations.com. Again, that's www.coventrycreations.com, and that's also where you can schedule a consultation with Jackie. To reach me off the air, go to www. That's psychicfriendsnow.com. That's www.psychicfriendsnow.com. Uh, like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash keeping it magic. That's with no G. Dot com. Keeping it magic. Dot com. Um, also, you can like us or follow us on Twitter by going to keep it magic. And also, um, one more note, our website is www.keepitmagic.com. So, Jackie, how is it there in Massachusetts? Always wonderful, one of my favorite places. I have so many friends, family, et cetera, out here that it just feels like home. You know, sometimes it feels better than home because I don't have to do the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> now, tell me what's going on there so that people that are in, it's Peabody, right? Uh, that's where the um, psychic fair was on Sunday, okay. and and which is great. Um, I am at Zuzu's Healing Arts in Melrose, and if have you're you seen Heather Locklear, hmm? have yeah. you seen Heather Locklear? No, not that Melrose. It's on the other coast. It's a state. <laughs> so um, she's in. Uh, she's on West Emerson Street in Melrose. Zuzu's Healing Arts, and I'm here all week. Um, it's been a great day of doing readings and talking with customers, and um, I'm here. Um, so I'll be here Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday doing readings. Uh, tonight is the um, angel class, which you know I'm super geeked about teaching. Yeah. Because I've only been preparing for it for weeks, spent, obsessing about it, spending most of my time dealing with it, researching it, learning about it, experiencing it, getting sick over it, and getting better. So, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that's tonight, and Patty's teaching that with me. And then Thursday night, Patty and I are doing an Akashic Wisdom class um, dealing with soul parts. So if you want to contact Zuzu's, find out where I am and what available, what classes and appointments are still available, you can call her at 781-665-8844. And you can find her online under Zuzu'sBeads.com. Zuzu's Beads. Yeah, that used to be the name of her store. Now it's Zuzu's Healing Arts because she went beyond the bead. <laughs> She is such an amazing person. The store is is definitely worth a trip. Even you know, it doesn't matter if you're buying or not. Um, she's got great readers there. She's got Reiki practitioners and healers and massage folks, and um, it's definitely worth the trip. Are you going to get a massage? Um, no, probably not. I'm booked. You're booked. <laughs> there are some there are some open reading slots, um, and um, 
so we're glad. I'm glad that they're open reading slots because a lot of times after I do a reading for somebody, they, you know, call their mom, their friend, their coworker, whatever, and say, okay, you got to go get a reading with her while I'm there. So it's a lot of fun. Now, is Patty doing readings as well? She did readings on Sunday at okay. the fair. She's not necessarily doing readings this week. There's only one reading um, room at Zuzu's. And oh. I scooped it up all week long, and I have to thank her readers for um, giving me the their space this week. Oh, nice. That's yes. that's that's very, very accommodating uh, of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some news out about your favorite singer, Adele. Right. It's, it's a little bit old news, but if you haven't heard it. Well, everybody probably knows that she's pregnant. What everybody may not know is that she's seven months pregnant. Good for her. Now, here is the thing that I'm impressed with, and and this is just what I um, have to say. For somebody that has sold 30 million copies of an album worldwide, for her to not have the paparazzi snooping through her trash cans is just beyond <laughs> me. Go for the EPT test strip. Yeah, you know, you know, finding out what she eats, um, all, you know, when she's on her monthly cycle, you know, they they dig in the trash for all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, it's amazing that she has kept kind of a pretty low paparazzi profile. Well, because, you know, I have to clarify, I do really enjoy Adele. Mm-hmm. I enjoy her music. I enjoy the way she sings. I enjoy her voice. I'm not a fangirl, so I don't follow her stuff. I just yeah. enjoy her music. And... um and actually, you tell me more facts about her than I would ever dig up on my own. That's just because I'm in the gossip business. So. That's true. <laughs> and I like that that she's not a twig. I, I love that she's not a size zero. And I'm not going to say she's a plus-size girl because she's, what, like a 12 or a 14, which is really not a plus-size um, But as far as I'm concerned because that's, like, normal. I love that she's normal. Yeah. And she drinks and smokes and swears. You know, because I do that. I just don't smoke. Well, but hopefully anyway. she's not doing any of that right now. But maybe the swearing still. Yeah, I don't think that you, you know. I don't think that you can stop her from swearing. It is it, like probably that's like stopping Lady Gaga from being weird. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm good for her for keeping that too for her and her husband to go through this process. Is she married to him? Oh, okay. It's her 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 partner. Her oh, partner. I thought you were going to give some breaking news there. <laughs> no, her mate, her man, her lover, her baby daddy. Her baby daddy. Um, uh, so it's it, 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 well, you know, you know, I was not I was not married when my daughter was born. Yeah. I told you that story, right? No. Well, um, we had been together for a little over a year, and um, I found that I was pregnant. And we had talked about where we were going to go, and that we had talked about prior to me finding out I was pregnant that this was it for us. We were just we were going to be together, married, unmarried, whatever. This was it for us. Mm-hmm. And um, and then we kind of had joked about it. Well, if we ever do get married, we'll run a campgrounds for a whole weekend, invite everybody, and have a weekend long party, which was funny to me that that was part of my part of my conversation with them. And then when once I found out I was pregnant, I I looked at him and now. Now, my husband does not remember this at all. He remembers it completely different, as men are wont to do. <laughs> but um, I said, well, you know, I'm not marrying you now. I I want the birth of our child and our marriage to be two entirely different things that one is not hinging upon the other. Uh-huh. I just didn't want that energetically tied in together. 
He's like, whatever, I'm not going anywhere because that's my uber practical husband. Yeah. And so we. Who I love, by the way. Yeah. He's, great guy. <laughs> he's like my BFF. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we didn't get married until my daughter was about three and a half. And so once we did get married, we drove to Toledo, which is about an hour from Detroit, and got married with par- time left on our parking meters. You go to the Lucas County Courthouse, you get your license, you go down to the Reverend under the stairs. You give him, you know, like 50 bucks, um, he marries you, signs the paper, and mails it off, and you're done. So, um, Reverend... Talk about a quickie wedding. Yeah, it was it was hilarious. It was because we had just come back from um, camping at um, a big pagan festival. Uh-huh. So I was a little sunburnt and henna all over me, and um, and he was like grizzly. He was like the black grizzly Adams. It, was, it just was just very funny. And we had jumped the broom at the festival, and then we Monday we drove down and had this guy talking about Adam and Eve um, as he was fo- he was marrying us. He was trying to create this little ceremony. Um, <clears throat> and it's basically at the bot. Once you get your license on the second floor of the Lucas County Courthouse, you walk down this big stairway, and then there's different ministers there waiting to marry you. It, it, it's like the trailer park version of Las Vegas. Oh, there's so much more to that story, too. It's hilarious. But, um, that morning when I told my daughter we were going to go get married, she goes, Oh, Mommy, I want to have a baby and get married just like you. How old was Rebecca when you got married? Three and a half. Oh, okay. So that was absolutely hilarious because I looked at her and said, Oh, baby, most people do it in a different order. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> You know, I can go by my example, Rebecca. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. You know, it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. I just want her to be happy. Um, but, you know, so good for Adele for not rushing to get married, for keeping it to herself. Because um, people get really weird when you're pregnant. Now, not that you would ever understand that, but people can get really weird about you being pregnant. Like your community property. Yeah, and I think that there's so much um, involved in the entertainment industry in regards to women getting pregnant. Anyways, I mean, when you go back a couple of years ago, you know, after Brittany had both of her sons in, like, a two-year period, um, the moment that she came out and sang in public, immediately it was, she's fat, um, you know, her body isn't back to normal, um, you know, well, she's... And it's an unreasonable body image anyway. Yeah, I mean, it is, uh, you, you know, and, and the message that I got from that, Jackie, basically just from the media, is that basically, you know, if, if it's almost like you're damaged goods if you happen to get pregnant. And if all of the things that you can say about about Miss Spears, she did have both of the children in wedlock. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she did not divorce uh, Kevin Federline, um, which she probably should have before then. But um, she didn't divorce him until after um, her children were, you know, a couple of years old. And um, uh, she, uh, of course, was going through her personal issues. But I think that just that, you know, and, and when you look at her, you know, if, if anybody wants to, to go watch it, it's the YouTube video of Give Me More at the, at the MTV Music Awards. When I looked at her, was she not as um, fit as she normally is? Yes. 
did I think that she looked grotesque? Absolutely not. In fact, she looked more female. Mm-hmm. Rather than a 15-year-old boy? Yeah, rather than a 15-year-old boy. And I think that her, um, as the result of you know her toning um, up her body since then, I think that she just looks incredible. For a, for a 30-year-old woman you know, that's had two kids, um, uh, she looks she looks incredible. So we give props to Brittany. One of the things that I think that this leads into, Jackie, is that um, I uh, was reading um, some articles online, basically to give me um, some stuff last week to write about uh, Mercury re- retrograde, which went retrograde, of course, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the articles that I found is called "How Our Brains Stop Us Achieving Our Goals and How to Fight Back." And just so you know, I was just fine driving across country on Saturday. Because <laughs> you're crazy. Um, <laughs> well, it wasn't really cross country. It was only it's only like a 12 hour drive. But um, um, so it's all in your perspective. But tell me about the article. Okay, so the article, first of all, is written by um, a chap named um, Gregory Chiabi, and he's from the Sparring Mind, uh, sparringmind.com. And he's also, you know, this is from a Buffer, uh, it's a Buffer article. So he's a Buffer blog columnist. Now, basically what he did is he wrote out several things, Jackie, that are things that we do that basically um, uh, where our brain is basically working against us. And he starts out the article uh, by stating, um, as admittingly wonderful and fascinating as the human brain is, it definitely can feel like our brain is out to get us uh, sometimes. And he goes on to state some interesting things. Like, number one, um, your brain can hurt your goals by fantasizing too much. That's counter to what they say is visualize your goal and you'll achieve it. So tell me more. Well, my feeling when I was when, when I was reading about what it is that he was saying, and I'm, we're going to put our own spin on this, of course, if you want to read the article, of course, um, you know, go to uh, sparringmind.com. But um, one of the things that I thought when I seen that, Jackie, is I think that I don't know if necessarily the word fantasizing is the right word. I think that the word idealizing is probably a better word. <laughs> You know my saying, right? Well, um, I know a lot of your sayings. But well, okay, you know my saying about pictures? Yeah. Um, pictures destroy the fantasy of what I think I look like? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that oftentimes what happens is that we can begin to idealize what we think that the perfect future should look like. Uh-huh. Um, and when, you know, um, we don't have the Maserati and we don't have... Uh, you know, the mansion with, uh, with um, you know, uh, servants opening the doors for us and all this other stuff. Um, or we envision this wonderful website or wonderful business, and then we think that after, um, which this is an, a later one actually, but, um, you know, we think that actually, you know, within 30 minutes, if it's not making money, we're, uh, you know, it's not what it is that we achieved it to be. I think our idealization in this day and age is just too overblown. Well, yes. Um, one of the things in magic they talk about is that you 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 set down the what you want to have happen. So you you get very specific. I, I, if I need, you know, seven hundred dollars or seven million dollars, whatever. First of all, you make it in my personal opinion is you put it in context of what you can really manifest, mm-hmm. and then um, and then you let go of it and allow it to come to you whatever way it needs to come to you. 
so so sometimes you don't get that exact thing. It doesn't work out that exact way, you know, that Brad Pitt doesn't divorce Angelina and then come get you. Uh-huh. Um <clears throat> if you you can fantasize about that, but if it's not within within some reality context. But also people think that um so many people times people say, Well my magic didn't work because it didn't happen in this exact way. Mm-hmm. You know, like the guy who said, um, well, this, these attraction spells aren't working. And I'm like, what are you kidding me? There's women fawning all over you. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, nobody asked me out. And so his ideal was that somebody asked him out rather than, and there's these beautiful women flirting with them. Mm-hmm. You know, so within that context was in society, the guy asked the girl out, you know, within his generation. Yeah. So that's what the women were waiting for, and he was being stubborn. But go ahead. Keep talking. Number two is your brain procrastinates on big projects by visualizing the worst parts. Um, <laughs> yes, I understand that. Keep yeah, talking. let me raise my hand. <laughs> um, I, I think I, I pretty much agree with this one, Jackie, because I think that often when we're um, in the midst of doing something, you know, oftentimes the the worst part, if you're writing something, okay, it, and, you know, I complain about writing all the time because I didn't think I'm a great writer, but, um, uh, and it's something that I really have to labor over to, to get done uh, mm-hmm. because my brain moves too fast. But, um, you know, the actual process of sitting down and writing, for example, sometimes for me, can be a very, very tedious part. It can often lead me to procrastinate until the last moment to do it. Um, and, you, you know, and the shocking thing is, and when, you know, people will write to me, Jackie, and they'll say, oh, my God, you're such a brilliant writer, and you have such all, all these wonderful ideas, and I'm just thinking to myself, are they insane? <laughs> when, I, when I moved majority of my work from being, um, or I should, I should say moving it into writing and creating content, I put that off to the last minute. You're right, because because it's like, oh, what if I suck? What if this sucks? What if I don't know what I'm going to write about, this and that? And um, and I find that you just start it. Wherever you start it, whether it's making a list of ideas or starting mm-hmm. in the middle or or saying, okay, and I want it to conclude with this line um, or these are the points I want to make, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I also procrastinate things like cleaning. <laughs> now that I don't procrastinate on. I know you don't. But for me it's like not that not that I think that I'm gonna suck at cleaning, I know I I do. But um it's like I just don't wanna deal with it. I don't wanna I just wanna deal with it. I don't wanna deal with the gross. So Yeah. Yeah, procrastination I think is definitely a big one. Number three is your brain will abandon ship at the first sign of distress. Oh, <laughs> oh, the minute I can't do it right, forget it. Yeah. Forget about it. Oh, this sucks. I'm not going to do it. This is stupid. I'm not here. This is a dumb. This is a dumb idea. Let's move on. This is a dumb idea. Um, you know, this is too complicated. Um, or diet. Yeah. It's a, You know, it's never. It's never a good day to diet, quit smoking, or take up an exercise program. It's never a good day for that, so just make it work. <laughs> yeah, I think that that one is kind of self-explanatory. Um, number four, your brain loves mindless busy work <laughs> disguised as progress. We Can talked you about being busy last Facebook? week. Facebook? Yes. 
Oh, yeah. Um, I have taken to um, closing it and also closing my emails. Um, I, and I, that was a, a plural emails. Yeah. I have several different email accounts. And so what I'll do is I'll keep going back to them and scan through them. And rather than just closing them, do what i got to do and then come back to it later because I work on my computer so it's all accessible. One of the things that I have in, in which I love about Gmail, Jackie, is because um, I can um, uh, set it up where you have important stuff, which would be, you know, like like a payment for my credit card processing company or somebody has ordered something that I need to respond to very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, like I have you in my um, important stuff. Um, uh, and then basically they have a little button that you can shut everything else off. Nice. So, you know, where I'm only looking at important stuff um, uh, uh, with that. So I have found that effective with Gmail. Um, I limit myself to uh, to very, very minimal times at the moment on social media. Um, and, in fact, my new um, – and I'm probably going to have to write a blog article on this because I am convinced mm-hmm. that – the way that you can le- you can measure how crazy somebody is by how many hours they clock in a week on social media. Okay. So if you're up there in the 20 to 30, <laughs> you may need a so. therapist. Right, absolutely not so. Um, no, I just um, I, f- I find I scroll through the same thing over and over again and get mindless. But it's so true, mindless busy work. I have to clean my desk. I have to I have to go fuss with this. Oh, I forgot to tell somebody something. And what happens is it's a total sabotage because you're procrastinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, one of the things that he says in this article is he says that this busy work is often a mechanism our brain uses in cohesion with avoiding big projects. Instead of diving into the difficult tasks we know we should get done, we'll instead float around doing semi-related, read barely related, um, menial tasks to make ourselves feel productive without actually getting a damn thing done. <laughs> he also recommends a, which I went and looked at and I thought that it was pretty interesting, he uh, recommends a program called Buffer, which is at bufferapp.com for social media, and he says it keeps him from logging into Twitter eight times a day. <laughs> oh, all right. There you go. There's other tools out there. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, there's, there's, and that is, again, bufferapp.com. Number five, your brain is not good at winging it when it comes to planning ever. Now, I'm actually pretty good at this. <laughs> uh, you do not know how many radio shows we have. We have a Wong. Is that the past tense? Wong, uh, Wong. We, Wong. We, we done Wong it. <laughs> Where we have Wong it. Um, so Jackie and I are pretty adept at this one, but I understand his particular point. Um, is that basically what he's talking about is that when he sits down without a plan, he tends to fall flat on his face. Well, okay, when we wing it, we uh-huh. wing it with what we are experts in. Yeah. We don't wing it in new stuff. And that's the, that's the difference, I think. Well, I have found, and this is just my particular experience, when I have gone through the particular process of over-preparing for a show, Jackie, uh-huh. I didn't like the show that much. True, true. So I, I've learned that I have notes. I have I have outlines and then, and then fill in the blanks. But I have researched and absorb the information. Yeah, definitely. So uh, this is uh, um, 
a great article. Um, it is called, if people want to Google it, it's called How Our Brains Stop Us Achieving Our Goals and How to Fight Back. It's by Gregory Chiabi. I recommend everybody go over and um, read that article. And, Jackie, we have to take a break. We're at the bottom of the hour. Because um, I have to relocate myself um, on this remote thing. <laughs> so I found a tiny bit like It's not back. a pivot. <laughs> it's a remote, not a pivot. Right. <laughs> So cruise on over to www.coventrycreations.com. Um, we'll be back in a flash. You're listening to Keep It Magic.
welcome back to Keep It Magic. It is currently 4.33 p.m. in the afternoon. Thank you for sticking with us um, uh, for the remainder of our show. We will be taking one more break at the top of the hour. But if you like the show, up at the top of the page on Blog Talk Radio, there is a little uh, like button, um, and it will allow you to follow us. Um, and get updates on future shows and different happenings that are happening that happen to be going on in the Keep It Magic world. Jackie is currently in the wonderful state of Massachusetts. Um, and, confusion. And I am, of course, you know, uh, here in uh, New York. Um, Jackie, we uh, there's an interesting thing in uh, the portions from Kabbalah. Uh, this week, which we read two of them, actually this week, which is called um, Matote and Masai. Before you start that, there is a portion of the Kabbalah for every week, correct? Yes. Now, is it the same portion every, like, 28th week of the year, um, every year, or does it change? It'll change based because it's based on the the lunar calendar, um, not the solar calendar. So, um, So there's basically more than 52 portions. Um, well, actually, there's 55 portions. Okay. But we only read 52 of them. You know, so some of them are combined. Okay. Um, in order to make up today. for it. Yeah. yeah. And then in some years, you're going to read them separately, which is in a leap year, um, a Kabbalistic leap year. So um, it really has to do with when Rosh Hashanah falls. Um, and then basically everything is kind of measured out based upon um, where Rosh Hashanah falls or when the new moon in Libra falls. Um, each year, which is the spiritual New Year. Okay. Um, right. The interesting thing about um, this this portion um, is that first of all, we're in the book of um, Bamidbar, which is numbers in English. But actually, what it means, Jackie, is wilderness, which is a code word for the process. So the entire, what Jackie and I have been talking about since we started, uh, you know, because this month is about uh, Kabbalah, um, we've been in the Book of Numbers. Next week, um, Jackie and I will actually be beginning Divarim, which is Deuteronomy, um, which has to do with physicality or manifestation. Right. Now, one of the things, the the key point in regards to this portion um, is about vows. And... um, I it it is a very um uh, I think it is such a confusing word Jackie that that the negative side has such a powerful control over us with it. Um and basically what a vow is is that when you state that you're going to do something or you promise that you're going to do something like um you know Monday morning I'm going to go on you know a diet and start my exercise program okay mm-hmm. rather than you getting that light when you actually do the um the action Jackie immediately you get the light because it's already in its seed level of manifestation It's so true Seriously think about this so you come, you're at this place, and you're miserable, and you're like, "Oh, these jeans don't fit," <laughs> or it's too hard to get out of this chair, or my knees hurt from the, whatever it is, whatever your epiphany is that you're unhappy with, and you're like, "That's it. Tomorrow, I'm going to do this and this and this," and you feel great about it. You feel strong. You feel committed. 
you're like, I can do this because I'm going to start it tomorrow, and this is what I'm going to do. Because I've been thinking a lot about this for, from what you said, and I'm like, that's what it is. It's that, like, this is absolutely, this is the right thing to do. We're going to, um, starting tomorrow at work, what we're going to do is we're going to create um, a, an environment that does this and this and this. Well, and you feel great about it, and that's, and that's the light that you're talking about. So then tomorrow when you come in to work or tomorrow when you get up, in the morning or whatever the the situation is, you're like, oh, there's all these things in my way. And then you do that mental thing where the minute you get, <laughs> mm-hmm. the minute you get pushed, those buttons pushed, you're, you're done with it. But go ahead. Exactly. And the thing here is, is that the thing, because you have already said that you were going to do it in the upper world, Jackie, mm-hmm. the spiritual world does not know the difference between upper and manifestation. Well, and and it's also, it's not... Vows are tricky. You you sometimes you don't realize you think you're just being proactive and you're like giving yourself an exit strategy or you're trying to motivate yourself. Mm-hmm. Vows can be tricky and then then you know, I, I did the what is it, the half hour Q and A. Okay, is that a vow? Is that a vow? Is that a vow? <laughs> Yeah, well you can get over focused on it. Uh, uh you can get crazy with it after a while. Basically what it what it is is that there there's what the classic vow, okay, that we do, okay, is when we get married, we mm-hmm. say vows. Um, uh, the um, you know, which is that you're making a particular commitment to X, Y, and Z, whatever your particular vows are. Um, uh, and basically, what happens is that the marriage, at the moment that that happens, all of the light is brought down immediately. Um, uh, so that there's really, uh, you know, this particular process of somebody needing to fit up to, you know, when, when you hear people's wedding vows, you know, most of the time, I, I, you know, I can't even listen to them now, Jackie, because I want to crawl underneath a freaking bleacher and just go, oh, my God, you just destroyed your freaking marriage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and my, the, the one that I hate the most is the in sickness and in health thing. Yeah. I don't like that one either. Because you've already you've already infused the relationship with an illness. Um, uh, so you know, I, I, people need to really think about what it is that they're saying. You know, um, Karen Berg, who's the mother of my Kabbalah teacher, basically states that she's more concerned about what comes out of people's mouths rather than what goes in it. Um, uh, and and you know, these particular things are extremely extremely powerful. Now. So the first vow is, I'm going to do. The second vow that you have to watch out for is this. If X, Y, and Z does not happen, then I'm going to do this. I was going to say, if this, then that. Um, uh, Because basically what happens is that you have already set up the stage in the upper world for the that. Mm-hmm. You've already created that particular seed, and it, as it be, you, you know, and it starts traveling down um, uh, the sephirot in regards to manifestation. Okay, it's, it's something that I learned quite a while ago. Um, well, I learned it through employees. Mm-hmm. Um, if they screw up one more time, that's it; they're out of here. And then I went, wait a minute. If I'm already feeling like that, I'm just now waiting for them to do that. So it's time to let them go or address the situation and not put conditions on it. Yeah. Or if my husband doesn't blah, 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 then I'm going to do this. You know, if he doesn't remember our anniversary this time, that's it, it's over. 
Well, you've already it's, it's exactly. Yeah, you've already okay. decided the relationship is over. Right. You've already you've already created your exit strategy. I mean, you've already exited, really. Yeah. My favorite is, and I hear this all the time. Um, you know, if my boyfriend doesn't call me by the end of this week, then I'm just totally done with him. Well, you're done with him then. Yeah, then you're done with him. Um, so, so it's conditions. Once you put conditions on something. Yeah, exactly. Once you put conditions on something, it's also um, uh, a vow. Um, okay, so uh, third one. Well, there isn't a third one. Those are the two. <laughs> <laughs> they all evolve in that thing. Now, one of the questions that I also get is, what is the difference between a vow and an oath? Um, an oath is is has to do with your relationship with the Creator or whatever you believe in. Okay. Um, and a vow, you know, for example, when somebody uh, uh, you, you know is sworn into office, they make that particular oath under God. So it is actually not even an oath to you know, for, for example, our elected officials in the United States, it's to defend the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. But it's still done under God. It's a pact between God and that individual because we do it with the Bible and um, all the, all these other things. Um, so I, when when we start talking about vows, mm-hmm. I started talking about perspective um, because if you before you make the vow. Um, you just take it, use your wording a little bit different. Yeah. Like, so instead of saying, that tomorrow I'm going to get up and I'm going to do all these things and da 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 So what I started doing is I started turning it into um, a request for assistance. Mm-hmm. I started turning it into, this is something that I, I would feel great about if I did. Mm-hmm. Um, versus that's it, I'm going to do it. Because also you set yourself up for I'm I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. You know, all of the particular negatives um, uh, come in as a result of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's it's really something that, you know, I, I encourage people to be very, very cautious with. Mm-hmm. Um, we all mess up. Um, uh, uh, you know, we all do vows. Oftentimes I'll even see, see a vow fly right out of my mouth, Jackie, and I'm just like, oh, God. So um, how, do you, how do you break the vow? How do you uh, get rid of it, dissolve it? Well, first of all, I try to put my best best effort in regards to completing the particular vow that I created mm-hmm. um, uh, in some particular way. I try as best as I possibly can. All right, quick question. Is a to-do list a vow? Um, no, I don't think that a to-do list is a vow. I think that a to-do list is the things that you wish to accomplish, which is different than a vow. Okay. Um, where it would become a vow is is if you were to say, by hell or high water, tomorrow I'm going to do X, Y, Z. You know, and then tomorrow comes, you know, and you're surfing. Right. <laughs> and then, but if you think about it, Jackie, say for example, you tell somebody, um, you, you have a publishing contract, and you tell your publisher, um, you, you know, um, I'm going to absolutely get this to you by Monday. Um, and then, you know, during the weekend, you're off uh, sailing or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and Monday comes and you haven't completed it. Number one, you're now putting so much mental stress on you in regards to getting it done by that day. It could endanger your, re- your relationship with your publisher, or your publisher may begin to think that you're a flake. It creates a, a little bit of a space in which negativity, self-doubt, fears, 
a self-defeating behaviors, all of those can begin to, to fall in. Um, uh, so, you know, it can be very, very tricky. I will tell you, Jackie, every vow that I have ever made has ever led me to the greatest amount of trouble that I have ever gotten into. <laughs> I think um, with the, did I make vows on, with the Reverend under the stairs with um, Phoenix? No, I think he said, "Do you take each other?" And that was it. Yeah. Okay, you're married. You know. Well, you have a, you have a trailer park wedding. It's totally different. I know. You know they, awesome. they, they have they have to use a five you know five letter words just to make sure that the person understands. It, <laughs> it was awesome, oh, but we also did. Um, I think we pledged. Is a pledge the same as a vow? Yes. Okay. Maybe that's not what we did. I don't know. I don't remember, but it's working out just fine. Anytime that you say, I promise to or I pledge to, uh, that's, a vow, that's a vow. Okay. Now, there are certain circumstances in which, unfortunately, society has forced us to do these particular vows. Well, you know, if you're a Boy Scout, you pledge yeah. a lot of things. Now, now here's the and you know you even pledge when you go into a fraternity or a sorority. Um, uh, you know you make a promise that you're going to you know stay up all night and puke and haze and all these other things. Um, uh, basically, the best way for you to handle that really has to do with your particular wording. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it has to do with your wording with the situation, not necessarily their wording with the situation. So if you can get away with it, change the verbiage um, uh, to, uh, you know, I'm going to try my best tomorrow to get up and uh, work out. Okay. Or I'm going to try my best tomorrow to get up and, and, well, and follow my diet. There's also magic. Okay? Yeah. You're, uh, you know, the whole... I love the perspective on this whole thing of how it is the moment you make your vow, your pledge, your promise, it's all right within that moment, and you're absolutely right. Um, so your words are very, very magical. They're the first They're the first and, and one of the most important steps, that in your intention. Yeah. So, um, in, uh, um, so in some magical spells, they talk about, I'm just thinking of the way they're worded, it's like, and and I am filled with prosperity, and blah, 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 blah. That's not a vow. Right, that's not a vow, but I just was like, that's kind of, that's, that's fascinating how you're projecting stuff forward and you're filling with yourself with it now at the same time where um, it, can, it can get confusing trying to think about what's a vow, what's not a vow. I, I think that here is where I think it would turn into a vow, Jackie, is if the seed level of your doing a magic um, situation, um, for example, I'm going to go on to Coventry Creations right now, and I'm going to get me three candles, and that these candles are going to help me to be able to um, to battle the bulge, and when I get these candles, I'm going to burn them, and I am going to follow, you know, and I am going to go on my diet. I get it. I totally get this. I get this. When you make a vow, you're trying to circumvent the process of what it is to learn um, and to, um, okay, when you, when you go to A to Z, when you're learning something, when you're, when you're on this journey, okay, I want to lose 60 pounds total. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was gone right away, I would not have a clear understanding of how I gained it what um, what it took for me to lose it, and what all the emotions and stumbling blocks are 
Um, I wouldn't understand that. I, and so um, when when I'm going through the process of um, learning how to make money and manage money versus all of a sudden winning the lottery, you don't want to learn how to do that. You don't want to learn what it takes for you to um, unlock this fat on you or unlock um, what it is to have money. We want the okay. quick way. So the vow almost like it sounds like it's the quick way. In in many well because it does it's it's an immediate infusion of light. In other words, it's going to make the individual feel better in the moment. Right. Um, the difficulty is as you start your your exercise program on Monday, and then by Thursday, you know your legs are actually tired because they're building muscle. Okay, and um, you're saying, oh my God, you know I have to take a day off tomorrow, and then that tomorrow turns into five days. And then before you know it, you're um, you're off of uh, the exercise program. So not only is that my story, it's, it's the story of story. it's the story that all of the insanity and P90X people count on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, the, the thirty-minute abs and the Nordic tracks and and of this world are counting on you, going. That's it. I'm going to order this. It's going to come, and I'm going to be skinny. Yeah. And then you don't do it so then and then you hate now hate this exercise program that you're on. I actually I, like it in Sunday. <laughs> well, you know, you you're like you're frustrated so you don't want to go back to that same thing. That didn't work. So you got you're gonna find some other miracle. But again I yeah. think the vow tries to circumvent the journey. Yes. And in magic okay. We were talking about this before the show. In magic, when you are doing your own spell work you're not circumventing the journey. But sometimes what you have to do is you need you need that boost to get to the journey. Mm-hmm. Um because you don't know how to how to start it. So so a lot of times the magical boost is to start the journey or to continue it. I think I think that you're actually right. I mean the um if you do an exercise program that's as, as intense over as insanity Jackie, one of the things after you finish the program um after 60 days that you will really realize is the power of mind over matter. Um because you know if you do the program correctly, basically what's going to happen is that there is no way basically that you won't lose weight, that you won't have a better body, that you won't um feel more fit there's just it, it's an impossibility and I think that that goes to show how much power that our mind has when we're determined to accomplish something, but it also means that you have to put forth the work or the effort and most I, people don't get a free lunch right, and I think we're we're the magic we're working with your angels we're working with the energies, whatever spell is is to be able to continue it, not to circumvent it um i I think about kids that don't know how to lose that that are always. You're always a winner, no matter. Just try and get you a award, and I'm not. I'm not in agreement with that. I think just. I think trying is is you. Uh, you try. That's awesome, and you can decide whether you want to do it again or not. But the thing is, you always have to try. I don't think that gets an award. Um, we haven't taught our taught our kids. Well, I've taught my kid, but um, a lot of folks are so afraid of their child to not to not feel, you know, this great. Awesome self-esteem about themselves that they that they circumvent the journey, uh-huh. and they always get the reward. And we need to learn we need to learn how to make it through failure. 
Mm-hmm. We so the the are the generations below us. We were talking about this. They don't know how to recover from failure. They don't. They don't. It's 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 very very bizarre, and it's also you know. And unfortunately, you know, I was looking at some statistics, Jackie, and um, students that are now getting out of college with bachelor's and master's degrees. Uh-huh. You know, 46% of them are not able to find a job in their particular field or career right now. Well, do you think some of that has to do with the fact that there's not as many jobs out there as there used to be? Well, yeah, absolutely. But okay. the other side of it is is that, um, uh, you know, many people have this normal, uh, you know, for example, the big, huge, gigantic thing that we were told when we were in school was, you know what, if you go and get yourself a computer degree, you'll have a job forever, and you'll be one of the most highest paid people they are. Well, those people are now sitting around making 30000 a year. Um, uh, you know, and basically, uh, you know, of course, some of them are making more, but, you know, an entry level is, you know, not making an enormous amount. Right. Um, but we were told that that was, you know, the the, the pathway towards gold. Um, uh, you know, and everybody went and got computer degrees, and you know, and now they have gone and got a second degree because it didn't work out well for them. Um, uh, our generation, Jackie, also was the generation that first experienced you didn't go to one job and stay there for you know thirty five years and retire. Right. You're right. You know, the generation that we're dealing with right now is because of the fact that things were so easy for them while they were growing up because the economy was very fertile. You could go outside and practically pull a $20 off of a tray. Um, uh, You know, and, uh, uh, you know, everything was so easy that basically they, they went through a whole you know, many of them, their entire growing up period from, you, you know, during the 90s and the first part of the uh, of, of the turn of the century, of not really having to want for much. Now, of course, there are a lot of people that, that, that want for things and things of that nature, but the majority, you know, we were in a thriving economy. There were plenty of jobs. Unemployment was 5%. Um, so, so basically, you know, they, they didn't know what it is like to have to suffer or wait or um, uh, have to strive towards something or to go through a particular process than anything else. And I don't even think that they know what a process is. Well, I get a lot of people talking to me, okay, I'm going to open a store, what do I need to do to make it work? Um, you, you know, Or um, I'm going to start this, I want to put this product out on the market. And I remember when I started my company, um, I had the right idea at the right time. So things went really fast within the first five years, in the first five years, this chick who started this on her kitchen stove with no funding, no funding, all self-funded, it was in the first five years I um, got to a million-dollar business. That's pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Actually, I want to hold your thought. I want to talk about that on the other side of the break. Okay. <laughs> hold your thought on that one. Um, you are. You're listening to... Uh, keep it magic. Uh, go to CoventryCreations.com, our sponsor. If you have a problem in your life, regardless of what that problem is, we definitely have a candle for that. So go over there and check it out. Jackie and I will be right back in a flash with more Keep It Magic. Do not touch that dial.
um, the that process of of creating Coventry um, was beyond me. Sometimes the, the divine has a plan beyond you. You're very successful. Um, it's all going brilliantly, um, and there's there's nothing wrong with that at all. That's that's you know that's divine, and that's what that's what happened with Coventry. Right place, right time. Um, I had followed the advice of the divine, went forward, and I could do no wrong. No matter what I did, we were growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was 24 years old when I started this. I had not a clue how to run a business, and I was going to do it this um, this new way. Because boy, I'm I'm using this new attitude and new desire to do things, and my business is just growing. So I must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> were you? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, yeah, I was not doing I was not doing anything right at all. Uh, but you were in the the uh the cocky the rooster stage. Absolutely. Okay. So, um what what happened was that I um it was things were growing so fast and I was doubling business every year. So I got to a million dollars within five years. I didn't know, really know how to run my business, so I didn't know how to um, fail. I didn't I didn't know how to fail, and then once I finally did start um, failing, it I didn't know how to recover. So I didn't go through the process of what it takes to really learn how to market. I never marketed the first five years. What was your first failure? My first failure was was um, realizing that um, I hired too many people. I didn't I didn't understand how to make a, an efficient process. Actually, my very first failure is I didn't know how to price. Uh-huh. So I learned how to price, but then I didn't really know how to keep people on. I mean, I didn't know how to do any of it. Um, but but the big failure was after I w- did a million dollars in business that year, and I look at my books at the end of the year, I lost thirty thousand dollars. Uh-huh. So that that was that was harsh, to say the least. To realize that you had lost that much money, and then um, then I said, okay, now I need to learn how to do this. And um, it, it, and it so it became harder to learn after I had had all this success. But now that it's twenty years down the road, and I had a I had a big um, meltdown earlier this year. I've talked about it on the air many times. About how, where's my Lexus? Where's my McMansion? If I've been doing this for 20 years, where is all this stuff? How come I don't have a million dollars in the bank? How come I'm not a millionaire, a multimillionaire right now? And um, and that's a hard reality and a harsh reality to get to when you've worked so hard at something. Well, after I relaxed myself and and really thought about it, I understood that over the past, say, 10 years, I've been reinvesting in, in the people around me, uh-huh. and and I I also see the things that I have been doing wrong and and some some ideals that I had that um, concerning what my customers would spend and et cetera. So, um, but it's really this is not about owning a Lexus. This is not about having millions of dollars in the bank. This whole journey that I've been on, this whole Coventry Creations journey has always been about my own personal spiritual development. And if we look at that alone, I'm 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 a freaking mil- I got a Lexus in my heart. So <laughs> I got a Lexus in my soul. But um 
and that's what it's always been about for me. And that's the vow I made a long time ago that this was about the spiritual journey, not the not the um, monetary journey. Uh-huh. And so I've I've done a lot of work clearing that out. And I'm saying, um, and I'm I'm not making a vow. I'm just saying, I'm ready. I'm ready to be shown how to 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 um, be very prosperous, prosperous and wealthy, in my pocket, in my cash. So, so I'm I'm ready for that, and I'm and I've been accepting that. But it's but if I didn't go through this journey, those first five years was not the journey. So then it took me 15 more to figure it out. And I think that's what happens when you. Um, try and circumvent the journey, then the learning curve is that much harder. And I've experienced it, and I've, I've I've watched other people experience the same thing. People who, another friend of mine who is super successful out of the gate, um, and he had a lot of different businesses based on this one thing, um, and and the world has just changed in the past five years. So his um, his business model is liter- literally obsolete. Uh-huh. And so we were sitting down. He goes, I don't know how to do this again because I stumbled into it. So for 20 years, he's had, and he's had his business about 20 years, maybe about 15. Um, he's had great, brilliant, amazing success based in cash because that was his that was his intent and his vow. That, uh, but he doesn't know how to do it again uh-huh. because it was so immediately successful. So now he's at this place. Or he's broke, and he hasn't been broke like this in 15 years. And it has nothing to do with his business acumen as far as how he ran his business. His business the, the one he did just became obsolete. So it's just really fast. I've, I've talked to so many people about that. Or stores that opened 10 years ago when there weren't enough stores out there in the, the spiritual market, mm-hmm. and um, they couldn't fail. They could not fail, but then now they don't know how to... Um, they don't know how to take it further. I, I wrote a couple of months ago uh, for Coventry uh, um, an article about um, metaphysical business. Mm-hmm. And after you know a few months of people in the metaphysical industry coming and uh, you know and asking me um, either to look at their website or you know that they know that I take a, an enormous amount of business courses, so the, you know new media business courses, so they uh, mm-hmm. wanted me to look at things to see you know what they're doing wrong because their business is completely down. And um, I uh, I was very very blunt in in my article, and I wrote, you know what, the metaphysical industry has become boring. It's not. Uh, you know, twenty. Uh, you know, twenty years ago, which um, yeah, actually twenty five years ago, twenty five years ago. You know, when Shirley MacLaine rode out on a limb and this industry exploded. Um, thank you, Shirley. We pay homage to you right now. Um, uh, the uh, uh, you know, people were able to to put up stores, psychic phenomena for the for the, the main part. Um, was just starting to come out of the closet. Mm-hmm. Um, people were, for the first time, able to go down to a bookshop and get a tarot reading without, you know, having to slide over to the dark side of town in the middle of the night, you know, so that right. nobody would see you. Um, different new products were up on the market. And Jackie, cut to 25 years later, the same products are still on the shelf. I have seen some stores that have your Coventry candles from 10 years ago that I looked at and I said, I know that that's not a Coventry candle. 
<laughs> you know, literally the Satan. <laughs> and um, uh, basically, I think that you know, uh, people are really having a hard time innovating. Number one, to a younger generation whose needs are much different than ours was. Mm-hmm. Um, their interests are much different than ours are, and modifying their particular businesses in that sort of way. And, and you know, we we have to, you know, the Zohar is very very clear in regards to um, the need to adapt I- idealisms to the modern day society. Otherwise, they're never going to get it. Um, and you know, even if you take a look at psychic readings, um, Jackie, 20, when I first started this, you know, my um, you know networking at that particular time was basically how you made your business. Um, you know, you would go to psychic fairs, you would you, you know you had yourself a uh, uh, you know a, a booth at the Bodhi Tree, which I had for a while, or the psychic mm-hmm. the psychic guy in California that I did for a while, or you sat on Venice Beach and you started out with 70 tarot cards and ended up with six because the wind blew them away. <laughs> um, uh, but you had to pay this particular due at that particular time. What I'm finding now is that it's not so much about networking in that way, okay? Um, it's more about networking um, in regards to actually networking with your customers, not networking with uh, with individuals. And I am you know, shocked to see when you take a look at businesses the Bodhi Tree, one of the most thriving businesses on Melrose in L.A. Mm-hmm. 20 years ago, it was the it spot in regards to going for for spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every uh, yuppie in the planet was at the Bodhi Tree. Um, closed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the psychic eyes have gone from, I think that they have like 10 stores 10 years ago, or 20 years ago, Jackie. I think they have three or four now. Um, you know, uh, I'm seeing shops close up left and right, and what I think that a lot of them, the problem is with a lot of them, is that they're not seeing this as the next step on the journey. They're seeing this as the end of the journey or the destination, and it's not what it is that they idealize, and they're all freaking out about that. And it's about the journey. It's not about the destination. How do you change this around? How do you innovate? How do you? And there's a wonderful energy this month in July, which I wrote about for this month, is that Jupiter is currently in sextile to Uranus, which is a wonderful time to sit down and innovate and think about new things and new ideas and new concepts. And I see, you know, people like you that's starting to innovate. And you said something amazing to me the other day, Jackie, that this is becoming mainstream. Mm -hmm. It is. This is what we're doing right now is literally is um, become the norm. Isn't that exciting? Look at the magic that we've done over the past 20 years to make this the norm where um, I, I'm talking to my daughter and she goes, and we're talking about tarot and she goes, oh yeah, all my friends have tarot cards. And she's 15 years old. Yeah. And it's not that big of a deal. And and her friends are coming to her for, for assistance and um, creating some magic. Whereas we were hiding in the back of a high school girl with a tarot card. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, 
That's okay. That you see, metaphysical. You, you know, here is another thing that I think is uh, a, a great example that this has become mainstream. Twenty years ago, you would not be able to go into a particular normal shop and get anything that has the word aromatherapy in it at all. Mm-hmm. Now you can go to Bath and Body Works and just uh, buy oodles and gobbles of aromatherapy products. Right. Absolutely. And it's awesome. It's awesome that I mean, it's it it isn't. And it is at the same time, because one of the challenges that, as I talk to different stores, that they're talking about is that they, um, they, it's not as special as it used to be, mm-hmm. you know, so, so the big giants are getting into the game. But I think it can be. I think it can maintain its specialness. I agree. Um, and I don't think you have to, to worry about. Um, worry about that because what, what they don't have, what the big box stores don't have that you have is they don't have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go to, um, I'm going to go to the, if I have a question, I'm going to go to the person who can answer it. The other thing I think that, that we have as an advantage, Jackie, that I don't think that the big uh, stores have, is there, the big stores are always going to go with the tried and true, mm-hmm. whatever is selling in the particular mm-hmm. moment, whatever their marketing models are showing, um, uh, because they pay a fortune for those marketing models. We have the ability to remain cutting edge, and I hate to say this, Jackie, because it is my industry, and it is an industry that I love. We're not cutting edge anymore. No, so we got to get back to to getting that um, cutting edge. We have to put the magic back in magic. But but I want to go back to the whole process thing, Mm -hmm. because um, a lot of times people think magic is about avoiding the process, and and magic can speed up the process if you um, um, speed up your absorption of the lesson. Mm-hmm. Magic can get you to the process. Magic can get you through your stumbling blocks on the process. Um, um, but if it circum- if your magic circumvents the process, you're going to go back to the same problem. And I talk about this in Coventry Magic all the time. Mm-hmm. If you keep lighting that prosperity candle and then you make just enough money for rent, you haven't solved the issue of why are you always short on rent every month. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what the process is about, is so that you no longer have to be short on rent. So you can choose you can choose magic. I mean, we talk about um, the Archangel Meta, um, and um, and and if you say the full name of Meta too many times, that helps circum circumvent the process. So it's kind of like um, using your pull cord for emergency. Mm-hmm. If you're always using your pull cord for emergency, that's how I see Metatron. Pull cord for emergency. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and, but if you're always using that, you're always going to have an emergency. So let's um, go through the process of of your life and find out where what what's been going wrong. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what magic, and that's this is why I love the Kabbalah conjure that we've been doing is because you'll pull the stuff out from the Kabbalah, and I'll go, oh, and here's how it's used in magic, and here's mm-hmm. how it's used in conjure. So, in when you're doing your spell work, if you turn it into a vow, if this then that, then what you're doing is you're you're planting all of your magic in this moment, mm-hmm. and you're not going to be able to manifest it further. So that helps with creating your words of power, and if and if you bring the process of the learning of the journey into your magic and say this becomes part of it, then you won't have to do that spell again. Mm-hmm. Well, you won't have to make that conjure again. You won't have to try and figure out how to get that man back one more time. 
Well, I, I, I think, Jackie, that one of the things that people should, it would probably benefit them to do is to even sit down, even with magic, and think that, uh, you know, every single spell, no matter how mundane that that spell may be, um, uh, is, is spiritual. And uh, we need to attempt to try to understand spiritual. And what I mean by spiritual is inner. Um, in in everything, and we need to extract the light out of every situation. One of the things that I did find um, in my preparation for um, Massey is, is that I wrote down is any thought, even negative thoughts, the deepest essence of that negative thought is from the Creator because it provides us with an opportunity to transform it. So if you are going through a problem in regards to prosperity, um, uh, and you, you know, like you said, you know, you're you Every month you're having to burn a candle to make your your rent, um, and basically what the creator is doing is a hello. It's time for you to maybe address this issue that you have with your finances. Maybe you shouldn't be spending a hundred and fifty dollars a month at Starbucks. Hello, right. you know. So the, so the, the the creator is knocking on our door all the time, and I think that we have to extract. The particular light out of every single situation, squeezing, pushing through. Um, I love that word, extract, um, uh, because it is such a process word, I think. Um, uh, and, and figure out the underlying root level or the keter, the seed level, mm-hmm. um, uh, of, the, of the particular situation in order to transform it. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you 100%. Because, so let's say that, say that phrase again. I think this is really important. Which one extract? <laughs> <laughs> no, not your happy word, but that phrase you pulled out concerned for um, show. Any thoughts, even negative thoughts, the deepest essence of them are from the Creator, because it provides us with an opportunity to transform it. So, even the negative thoughts that come in are about helping us transform. Um, from a negative aspect into a positive aspect. Mm-hmm. It's life changing when you grasp it. <laughs> it's life changing, you know. It's 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 definitely um, uh, uh, you know so powerful. So you know when you're when you're going through your particular day and negative thoughts are coming in, or you know, um, I, no matter what that negative uh, thought is. Make note of it to see basically what the particular lesson is um, from the Creator, from the mundane to the most spiritual lessons they are. Everything, even getting out of the bed in the morning, is spiritual. And that is what I call taking a new perspective. Yeah. So this is this is again. Okay, I'm just going to have a moment of love. This is why I'm loving comparing these two methods of magic because it, it just shows you how ingrained um, some of these um, basic methods of magic are. From, mm-hmm. from the Kabbalah and how they apply today. So when you are having, and I just was having this conversation with um, one of my staff members who's going through a challenge. I said, so this is either a wake-up call to say, what are you going to do about this? How are you going to move through this in your life? Or this is something for you to wallow in and drown in. You choose. Mm-hmm. So because she was getting very negative on these challenges that, that she has. And so I said, I think right now, when you're in when you're in your darkest moment, right? They say when you're in your darkest moment, there's nowhere to go but up. So I want to add something else to that. What's your new perspective going to be when you when you go up? 
So when I when I talk to my clients or or when I more importantly when I work with myself because I've had some dark moments lately you've you've, uh-huh. you've been my sounding board on some of them thank you very much um, it's like okay what's the, what's the message here what's the lesson here I'm in a dark moment and when you're in a dark moment you get to rewrite the script uh-huh. you get to rewrite like okay what do I want from this so you can take those negative thoughts those that self negative even even you know when I do it to myself all the time, like, oh, you're you're such a loser. Why, you know, this is, you're stupid. I, if somebody else was running Coventry, they would be a multimillionaire, and Coventry would be a household name even in the, the Baptist fundamentalist communities. Mm-hmm. Even Mormons would use Coventry candles. They have magic underwear. I don't know. Well, <laughs> um, oh, I think I have magic underwear. There's room for magic candles. So um, what? So with, with that being said, um, I had to go, wait a minute, what's the lesson here? What's the lesson here that that um, I'm not getting because I'm stuck and in, in wallowing? And um, I was able to then go, okay, I, un- I understand now. I understand some of the lesson. I'm going to learn this so I don't have to learn it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you take those negative, those negative thoughts, words, deeds, whatever, and you go, okay, what am I going to do with this now? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's the, the key to that. I, I will say, Jackie, that there's uh, three candles that I go to constantly when I'm needing to get into uh, that clear state in order to see, um, when I'm in that dark spot, in regards to seeing the bigger picture, usually, or to see what the spiritual connection is. Mm-hmm. I tend to use a spirit guide. Mm-hmm. Um I tend to use um, uh, ancestral candles um, and uh, vision vision quest. Um, uh, that particular combination because it seems to. And I I'm a very very process oriented candle burner anyways. But, you know <laughs> I, I uh, like to burn one at a time and meditate and draw and scribble and journal and all this other stuff to go through the particular process. But I have found those three particular candles um, uh, wonderful in regards to being a sisters um, in regards to moving me um, back onto the particular path that I need to be on. Cool. I like that. I'm, I I have to share with you a moment of um, gratitude. I didn't I didn't share this with you last week. I was I was still mm-hmm. contemplating it. Mm-hmm. So I have my Tuesday morning gals that I have breakfast with. We kind of feed each other soul. So the motor magnolias. Okay. The motor magnolias. Yeah, that's what you've been calling us. And um, one of the gals who I oh god I just adore her and I greatly greatly respect her. Um, she has a special needs daughter that she's adopted, uh-huh. and um, and um, who was abused and, and abandoned and stuff as a child. And I'm I'm so impressed with this this woman and um, um, what she's done. And she said, so when what she told me is that I I'd given her some candles and then she had bought some more candles. She had her daughter go pick one out. And what she said is when her daughter's having a really bad day. And can't get it together. Um, she says, "Well, do you want to go? Do you want to go and, and get Jackie's candle and and help you get it back together?" And she uses the sweet grass. Mm-hmm. And that's her. Um, 
that's one of her coping mechanisms. That's what's getting her through her really hard times when she can't cope. I am flabbergasted. I, mm-hmm. If I don't do anything right again, I've done this right. Mm-hmm. How's that? That's not amazing. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Guess what? We're out of time. We're done. Um, <laughs> Jackie, tell them again about the stuff that's going on with you in Massachusetts right now. I am at Zuzu's Healing Arts in Melrose, Massachusetts, and um, tonight I'm teaching an Archangel and Candle Magic class, which is going to be, it was such an adventure and eye-opening to to create this class for you. Um, I can't wait to teach it. I'm just giddy about it. Um, So that's tonight, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I'm doing readings, Um, and so give give her a call to see what appointments are available. It's by appointment only. And then Thursday night, Patty and I are teaching um, Akashic Wisdom, um, how to work with soul parts with soul parts in the Akashic Records. Oh, that sounds fascinating. I want an update on Tuesday. Well, <laughs> yeah, if, Next Tuesday. <laughs> if I actually get it right this time, because I've been checking my technology and learning new things, these classes may be recorded. Oh. So they may be available for future um, purchase. Wouldn't that be exciting? Yeah, that would definitely be exciting. Definitely, definitely. Okay. Um, make sure that you cruise on over to our sponsor at CoventryCreations.com and also um, uh, check out our website at KeepItMagic.com. Um, Jackie is available for uh, consultations. If you're not able to get her at Zuzu's or the time is uh, filled, you can also get her at CoventryCreations.com and you can schedule a consultation with both her and Patty there. Um, you can reach me at PsychicFriendsNow.com and uh, uh, we will see you guys again next Tuesday. Jackie and I will be talking about the world of manifestation next Tuesday. So it's going to be fun. And Jackie will give us, of course, the Rainbow Tour update, as always. And in the meantime, what do they need to do, Jackie? They need to go ahead and keep it magic. Yeah. Can you feel it, baby?